You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. good morning or good afternoon for the people listening, I guess, if you're listening to it right away. If not, good evening. I don't know. Hello. Hello. That's better. Say hello. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good. We had a good breakfast. I did not overeat. I feel good about it. I lost five pounds. Thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I did, honestly. Like, I haven't. Anyway, it's another subject for another day. Making wise choices. Yeah. Like, one decision at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure. I said it at some point, but... Just talking about how the memories on Facebook, I said, it's just, I had gone to the States a few years ago, my memories popped up, and I said, I was like, I can't remember what it was that I weighed, but I, I said, I weighed such and such when I got here, and now I weigh, it was like eight pounds more, it was like a week later, and I was like, just saying, but now I weigh like 30 pounds more than all of that, <laughs> and I was like, holy cow, like, <laughs> holy cow, holy there cow. it is. Uh, so right before we started recording, we were having a conversation about... <laughs> Christian curse words. <laughs> Christian curse words, essentially. Holy crap. Like, why is it holy, first of all? And like, I don't know. And then what was the other one? Uh, holy uh, cow, I feel bad when I say that. Do you? Like, no cow is holy. Isn't that like a different religion? Yeah, yeah that's fair. Hindu, right? Yeah. Uh, shoot. Yeah, shoot. Shoot. <laughs> it is like when you have like church get togethers, like the church cleanup or something. And it's always like the guy that you know, like, it's like the men typically. And they're like raking outside or whatever, and something, the rake breaks, or uh, they hit themselves, they're feeling something. Shoot! Like they catch themselves before, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm at church, I can't say the real word. But you mean the same thing, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Anyways, it's kind of, we won't get too far into that. <laughs> Anyways, we'll start off today with a question. Everybody good with that? Yep. Yes. Good, because I asked you before and you said yeah, so. Um, so we have a question. It is, um, it's, a, it's a good one. It is, uh, what has God taught you as missionaries that you couldn't have learned in the States, or in your case, Simon, in England? Yes. So that's the question. Um, am I going first, I guess? Because you're just looking at me, both of you. Yeah, because I'm not ready. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Um, what has God taught me as a missionary that I couldn't have learned in the States? So I want to say this first, because I don't want it to become like supremacist or whatever. Like, so it's not like, I don't think there are things that you can only learn in Bolivia or Trinidad or, yeah. or as a missionary. I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. However, for me, I do think that, I do know that there are things that God has used me being here to teach me different things. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, and I guess he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, what has God taught you? It, like, he's teaching me, I guess I should, should say. We're 10 years in as missionaries, by the way. Yeah. yeah officially. Um. And he's just teaching me dependence on him. And I think a lot of people can say that. Like, yeah, he's teaching me the same. I think he's teaching us all that. But I, I do feel like that ramped up greatly. <laughs> when we became missionaries, and I can't earn money anymore. Mm. Like, I can't work over. I can work overtime, but I'm not getting paid for it. Like, you know, like, so I can't. There's nothing. I can't take a side gig. There's nothing extra I can do to bring more income in or whatever. Or even... A hundred percent secure the income that is coming. Yeah, through, you know? yeah, that's, absolutely. That's yeah, because if I work a job in the states, right? Like you owe me money. I can take you to court if you don't give me the money. Here, no one owes me anything. Like mm-hmm. the song we were just talking about. Uh, but no one owes me anything, mm-hmm. and so it's like, 
it, it's a faith walk, right? And uh, I, but it's been great. It's been it's liberating, and it's terrifying at the same time. So like like spiritually, it's liberating because you feel you're growing, you feel it. But physically, as a father and a husband, <laughs> it's not the funnest of experiences all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think he's just teaching me that, and then um, I don't know, just uh, yeah, like really learning to really depend on him, be dependent on him. And that pours over into every other areas of my life as well. Just being dependent on him as a husband, as a father, as a friend, as a neighbor. And I think that's an area I've really been growing in, even more recently, just like growing in a lot and just really learning how to depend on him. And um, obviously we know, I think too, I think everybody know and argue that it changes your perspective as well. Like, and I don't know, maybe you can say if you, you guys can, if you want to, I don't know, but like, so you have, we have this idea, like, I think everybody has it. You have like a dream life. So you have a dream house, a dream car, a dream, my case, dream dog, right? Like, you know, like dogs, <laughs> like, you know, you have dream stuff, but like, why? Why do we have that stuff? And I think, and me and Simon have been talking a lot about, about heaven. I've been studying a lot about heaven and not just for information, but just, um, Understanding that what we believe about where we go when we die and what happens influences how we live now. And I think, I know that as believers, we are supposed to reflect the kingdom of God, the eternal kingdom of God. Even though we're not there yet, we, we are citizens of there, so we're, we're not just citizens of there, we're representatives of there to where we are now. Mm-hmm. But how can we represent a, place, represent a place that we have no idea what it's like? And I know that we don't know everything about heaven, but there, the Bible does have a lot to say about more or less what it's going to be like. More than anything, what the culture is going to be like. We know what the culture of heaven is going to be like. And so if we're to live that out now, you know, then we need to study it. But in the midst of all that, I, um, like I've, I don't know, I've, my, this perspective on heaven that I'm gaining has made me realize that having a dream car is worthless. It, it, and it, like traveling is awesome. I love traveling. I love seeing new stuff, God's creation, because there, there is some beauty in that. Yeah. But like making, like, Having this this weird fear that we have that I'm going to die before I do this cool thing or before I own this car or motorcycle or before I do this is a very short, uh, short-sighted way of seeing it. Because mm-hmm. we're going to live for eternity. Heaven's going to be beautiful. We're going to be ruling and reigning with God. Like, you know, like we're, we're going to have physical bodies, right? We're going to So I feel like that's something I've been shown is to understand that where I live with our dirt roads, with our no air condition and all this other stuff, like that's okay, I don't need to look at, because that's something we, I struggle with as a missionary as well. A lot of times I look at my friends and I see them doing well. And I'm not jealous of them. I just wish that I was in a position to do, to be able to do well like that sometimes. It's not all the time, but sometimes. But then just gaining the perspective of, of like I was saying, in light of eternity and what God really has in store for us. I'm constantly being reminded as we're here that we're not just here in Bolivia, but on the planet, on mission. We're here for a mission. You know, uh, Peter describes it as we're, we're pilgrims passing through, yeah. but we're here for a reason. And we don't, and I preached it in church yesterday, we don't just exist until Jesus comes back. We're here to, you know, Jesus uh, told in the, in, the, in the story, he said, uh, do business until I return or occupy until I return. So we're here to be productive and stuff. And so if I, am I, so the question, I guess, for me now, under what, I, what I'm learning is, am I being productive where I am? Does that mean you can't take dream trips to Sydney, Australia, or Israel, or London, England, or whatever? No, it doesn't mean that. However, those, that's not the goal, and you haven't failed or lost anything if you don't get those things. That's good. Yeah. Can, can you like a certain thing on your car? Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. Can you want a nice house? Yeah. But we feel like a lot of times failures if we don't reach these goals of our quote-unquote bucket list. Why do we even have a bucket list? 
But it's because we have this this weird belief that, and no one talks about it because we rarely ever talk about heaven. And when we do, we just talk about kooky stuff. But like we have this idea that subconscious idea maybe that heaven is going to be semi boring. It's better. It's the better option. <laughs> but it's going to be semi-boring. So we need to get all the fun that we can now. We need to get all that out and like have a good time here on earth and let's party. I need to get all my bucket list and everything else. And we need to get that done because after this, it's over. And I'm going to go into the literally eternal <laughs> worship night. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you know, and, and it's, it make, we don't talk about it because it makes us sound less holy or less but like but that's not what heaven is going to be like at all is it going to be worship yes but everything we do is an act of worship and i think we need to understand that and um it comes from a poor understanding of poor theology of heaven um but I, i think that's something god is teaching me is that you don't have to feel you don't have to be a millionaire you can be awesome if you are for the glory of god right you don't have to have a dream house so you don't have to do because none of these things are... And it's literally storing up your treasures on earth, right? Right. Like, I mean, let's just be honest. And I'm not accusing anybody of anything. That's not what my point... But to feel like you're incomplete without having these things. That's what I'm talking about. More the, sen- the sentiment behind it. Um, if that's a goal, that's such a low bar when you think about it. Well, I think it's like we, we've discussed before why so many Christians work so hard to look like a Christian instead of doing the, the internal work... Yeah, being a Christian. Of being a Christian. And I think it's the same way. We want to look successful because we have this this internal i guess desire to produce yeah um and so when we we have our perspective off a little it's like okay what does producing look like in my life oh it looks like owning a house by this age get married at this age having children or adopting or whatever by this age so so it's easier to do those physical checklists than it is to look inward and and really deal with the mess and the junk but is it easier it looks easier and it's like, I think it's psychological. We believe it's easier, but it's not. It's like when you go to the mall and you see the stairs and you're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm not taking the stairs. So you walk all the way to the other end of the mall to take the escalator. And it takes forever to get up to the top. Well, I mean, well, I mean but you take the escalator so you don't have to take the stairs, but you walk 5,000 steps yeah. to not take the stairs. Like it's, it's foolish when you think about mm-hmm. it. But I think that's the way that because it's like this. I can give you $10 today right now if you want it. Or you can wait 10 years and I will give you $10 million. Like, what are you going to choose? You're Jalen's mom. I was so I'm, just thinking the same thing. Yeah. Well, if you're Jalen, you're taking the $10 yeah, today. Yeah, Jalen is, not, is not <laughs> waiting for anything, bro. <laughs> like, Jalen will take the dollar today. <laughs> and like... <laughs> You explained it to her. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't want my dollar. But I'll get it today, But right? I said 10. Yeah. Like, right now? <laughs> and she'll go look and see if the store is open. Like, are you spending the money? But, like, that's, you know, as adults, right? Like, that's, that's what we do. It's like, God literally lays it out to us. It's like, okay, with some of this stuff, you have this one life. 80-ish years, maybe. Some people get more. Whatever. 80-ish years, let's say. 70, 80 years. Okay. You can use this life, <laughs> this 80-year life, to pursue things of making you happy now. Mm-hmm. Or, or you can spend these 80 years and invest it for eternal gain. And doesn't mean, again, doesn't mean you can't have a car or whatever. But we're talking about goals and what you live your life for. You can live it for me. You can take some loss. 
and you will live you can live you, eternally you can celebrate with me and you can rule and reign and you'll receive much in your crown and this and all this other stuff you'll have something big to lay at my feet and whatever 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 these are the options and we're like uh, <laughs> you know but the problem is we have a limited perspective our perspective is only by what we see we don't we walk by sight not by faith and and so walking by faith has everything to do with eternity and nothing to do with, oh, getting a new car or getting a new house. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. As we're, so we're walking by what we don't see. And it's not just my new couch that I want. I don't see it, but I'm going to believe for it. No, it's talking about the things we don't see. We don't see eternity. We don't see heavenly realm. But we're walking in, in the reality. Even though we don't see it, we're walking, believing, and knowing that that's a reality, even though we don't see it. And we're walking as if it's a reality here where it's technically not a reality in that sense. And so... I don't know. That's what we, we get caught up in that a lot. So, I don't know. For me, that's something that I, I'm learning and I've been learning, I think, yeah. again, for, for at least 10 years, if not more. I think God has been teaching me that as, um, as a missionary. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's super helpful, too, for me to, because, again, like I said, there are days, when you, especially when you have bad days, you're like, man, I could just go work in, like, Walmart and be a stock boy and I could work overtime and I could make more money than I'm making now. And it's not about making money, but it's about being able to provide more and whatever. And so it's not a real temptation, but it's just a frustrating thought, you know, mm-hmm. you think that. But then so when you grab the perspective, it's like, hey, what, what I'm doing in life matters. doesn't matter any more than what someone else is doing, because I'm not thinking about anyone else. I'm talking about me. What I'm doing in life, it does matter. It, 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 and not just in this life, but in the next. And so I don't know. I think that's something that I've learned as a mission. I'm learning as a missionary that. Can you learn it in the States? Absolutely, you can learn it in the States. But I wasn't learning it in the States until I came here. Yeah. It's just an appreciation for, for relationships, too. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, and I'm talking a lot, but I'll give you guys a chance, too. <laughs> um, but this, this past week, it was a hard week. We've just been going through some crap at our church. Imagine that stuff at church going. And um, Adam just had like a day or two. Like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to like talk. So I just closed my office. <laughs> I told Simon, I'm going to go to my office and close the door. And like just put on like worship music and just exist and be in my own space and you know we chuckled about it or whatever. But I actually did it. <laughs> and then but then I, I talked to f- like four different friends who are pastors this week, and m- most of them I haven't talked to in forever. And it was just so great and so refreshing to be able to just, I don't know just they're encouraging. They listened. They were patient. They didn't just agree with me on anything. Um, I don't know. It, it's just it was so refreshing to be able to enjoy those relationships. And I think that's something I've learned to do more here than in the States. I, I was just, I don't know, working, 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 doing this, doing that, blah, 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 and you don't have to take time. And obviously, in life here, we spend a lot of time together. Yeah. Like, we just, you know, we all, we're all neighbors. So, you know, like last night, I was at Rudy's house and just sat and talked to him for an hour and a half, even though he's sitting next to me now. Like, we see each other all the time, but it's something that, I don't know, you don't have the opportunity to do that much in the States either. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff I could... Continue going on and on, but I'll give one of you guys a chance yeah, to say. I, I was going to say that's one of the things that I feel God has really taught me and continues to grow, I guess, in me is a relational aspect because, I mean, you know, my family is just really close and it's like my family, everyone else is, a, is an outsider. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, growing up like that, um, you it, it forms you, it molds you, you know, and then and it's hard to break out of those, those that mindset. And so... Um, Coming here, first of all, you know, when you meet someone, they're automatically in your personal space because they're greeting you with a kiss. And it's like, okay, here's a stranger that I don't know wants to mm. get all up in my face. And, and so from the beginning, it was just like, 
I felt like God was just invading all of that, <laughs> that those walls that I had built up. And then, um, uh, and then relationally, it's like, like, like you said, you see the same people, you see the same people all, all the time. You know, you shop at the same uh, market or, you know, you go to the so- same store three times a day, <laughs> however many times I go. Um, and so you, you can't avoid people so if things get awkward you can't avoid it you have to confront it and so it just challenged me to be a lot more mature and responsible in relationships and intentional too because i mean that's still a struggle for me i would rather you know close my door and you know just just be with the people in my house in my home but um but that's not how god created us to be and it's it's not even really deep down how i want to exist either you know i say that you know, and I think in, I think worldwide introverts kind of take on this false pride of being, oh, I'm an introvert, you know, and, mm-hmm. and oh, look, I don't want to be with people. Oh, I'd rather give you a false hug or fake hug, uncomfortableness, um, which is all true, but it, it reflects an internal struggle in me. Like, why don't I want to be with people? And mm-hmm. it, it frustrates me. Like, God, yeah. why? If these people are so kind and loving, why, why would I rather just avoid them all? And so uh, that... That and it continues to be something that that God is helping me grow in and yeah. challenge. And I feel like in the states I could avoid that because you hop out of your you, you leave your home, you hop in a car, you go in your car, you go to this big supermarket. You know, you don't re- you rarely run into people that you know, and um, so you can just go in and out, do what you want to do, and and you have the buggy to like keep space or the cart, whatever you yeah. call it, to keep space between you and the yeah. people. <laughs> hey, how you doing? And you turn the cart, like making sure you don't get too close. You Blocking know? them. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was a lot easier for me to do because in the states I don't know that I've ever had a, a friendship with a neighbor. I don't, I don't know that you know. But here it's like our neighbor is our church member, and it's our per- people that we work with every day also, and it's family too. It's people we go out to lunch with who invite us over for dinner. So we're so uh, intertwined into in each other's lives, and it's such a blessing to me. And I hope that that me being part of their lives is a blessing too but um but it's a it's been a process and i am a different person today than i was you know 10 years ago when i first came here so no i'm not gonna say anything in response to that you, you look at me feel like feel free i know no, how i, I was, was i know how far okay, the lord well, has brought me no need to add <laughs> on to it then. so simon you've been here seven months do you feel like you've learned anything Oh, I'm no, that sounds arrogant. <laughs> like, you nope, anything? haven't learned anything. <laughs> nope. But do you feel like you've, like, you, you know what I mean? Do you feel like you've learned anything yet? Like, as far as, like, an, something that maybe you wouldn't have learned. That, those aren't our kids, by the way. So, keep crying. No worries. <laughs> um, I had no idea. Who's I think that's what's in there, you know? Oh, yeah. There's a hospital downstairs, so who knows? Anyways, so do you feel like there's anything? <laughs> he's going at it. Do you feel like there's anything that you have, um, I don't know, learned that maybe you wouldn't have learned in, in England or? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a couple of couple of things that mainly stick out. I mean, <laughs> first things like yeah, it's like, like using using my di- physical differences, like just the way that I look, <laughs> um, as as an opportunity to hold do ministry. Hold on, let me talk about it real quick. Let me talk about it real quick. I know what you're gonna say. So yeah, <laughs> let's go. So Simon Simon is is white. He has blonde hair, blue eyes. So they started a football team. I'm saying football, soccer team, um, football team, soccer team, whatever. And he puts a picture on Facebook, and he, you know, obviously everyone on the team is Bolivian, but him. 
And uh, obviously, said looking different made me think of this. Which and, means they have black hair and dark. Skin. Yeah, everyone has. Yeah, at least at very least olive skin to dark skin, and they have black hair. And so, <laughs> the, they put the team picture up and Simon posted on Facebook and says, "I'm in the front row, all the way to the left, with the white and blue cleats on." <laughs> like you know, but I think some people didn't get the joke. I yeah. think I don't know, but like you know, obviously he's making like you had to point him out, but you. Don't have to point Simon out anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you can see him. Yeah, and I think I think I remember speaking to you in like the first first three <laughs> or four weeks of being here. I remember speaking to him morning, which has been like, um, how do you get used to people just yeah. staring at you? How do you get used to walking around feeling like a tourist attraction? Because you go anywhere and people would just stop their conversations just to stare at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first for the first couple of months, that really grated on me. I didn't like <laughs> it. Um, you know, you're just going around and just. You just know everyone's got their eyes on you. Has it? anyone asked to take a picture with you? No, I haven't had that yet. Okay, we've had, had we've, yet. Roman has had that yeah. at the lake. So you don't yeah. look at it as being different. You look at it as being a king. <laughs> everybody's looking at yes, you. Yes, king, yeah. yes. Yeah. Anyway. But I think, you know, through that, I've gained more confidence in... Like in the UK, if someone would stare at me, I'd feel really awkward and be like, why is that person staring at me? What do they want? Whereas... When I'm here, if if people are staring at me, I just go talk to them. I'll just be like, well, yep. they're staring at me anyway, yeah, so I might as well go say hello. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're interested. They're thinking, who's that white guy? So I might as well go mm-hmm. tell them who that who I am. <laughs> um, you know, just because of that, I've just been able to meet different people, yeah. um, talk to different people, be involved in different things. Um, and, you know, you, you walk down the street or something like that and people shout your name and you're not quite sure who they are but they know who you are <laughs> um, like I love it when we go on the motorbike and yeah. we'll like drive down and all, all we'll catch is the, the oh. Mon bit <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so we're like wait did they say Ramon or did they say Simon <laughs> so we both just wave <laughs> every <laughs> time cover that. But, um, so yeah to, to use that you know I stand out a different I can't change that that's not going to change um, but to actually use that with confidence to say, well, you know, I can, this gives me an opportunity to go and talk to people. It gives me an opportunity to do different things because um, mm-hmm. people are already staring. So why not go and say hello? Um, and, I'm, uh, you know, I'm way more used to it now yeah. um, in our local community because I'm out and about every day. So everyone's it's, it's rare that someone hasn't seen me now. Um, and so it's, it's more like when I get to the plaza and people are yeah. staring at me there. I'm kind of like, come on, I'm old news now. <laughs> been here seven months you can stop staring you've seen me somewhere <laughs> but, um, so yeah so I think that's one of the things that I've learned here is you know use differences yeah. to your advantage um, for different ministries and things uh, another thing I think is like patience having patience in, in people and patience in a process um, yeah. that's, that's been a tough thing you know I come from a culture where if something's not working in two weeks, you make radical changes because you go, well, it's never going to work because yeah. it hasn't worked for two weeks. Yeah. Or if you don't like someone or they don't like you in two weeks, you're kind of like, well, that relationship's never going to blossom. Um, it's just a quick, a quick fix society. Mm. You know, if, if, if two weeks is considered a long period of time, you're yeah. like, well, it's, it's never going to work if it doesn't work in two weeks. Yeah. Whereas here it's been like six months in and I'm just starting to see um, like the fruit of relationships coming through and people like people that I've worked with or seen three four times a week you know just now we're getting to a point of okay things are going good like um at the football school the guy that I work with there when I first came you know we got off to a rocky start we had a rocky relationship at the start <laughs> I remember. Um, didn't see 100% eye to eye and everything um, didn't really feel like a team that we were working together yeah. and I remember I would come home just frustrated most evenings um, and I would go and I would rant to you and things like that and 
in my mind, I just had this, this is never going to work. Yeah. We need to change something radically. And yeah. I think if I was in the UK with that situation, after a month, I would have gone, this isn't working. One of us needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I think that would have been my yeah. approach to it is saying, okay, we're, we're just on different pages here. Either you go or I'll go because mm-hmm. we're not going to work this through. Um, six months down the line, yeah, we're on the same page with things now. Like, Are we 100% agreeing on everything? No, of course not. Yeah. But uh, there's 100% more a team effort, a team spirit. We're very friendly. Uh, we get along really well. You know, it just where we are now is never is not where i expected yeah. us to be i didn't i did, couldn't see a point of <laughs> yeah. us getting to the stage that we're at now yeah um and same with some of the kids there as well like when i first go there were kids there that had barely even look at me they wouldn't say hello be like who is this guy um six months down the line they're the, they're the people that come up to me first and say hello and ask me how i'm doing and, and joke with me and and have a laugh and things like that um so yeah just you know patience in the process of yeah. Yeah. sometimes things just take longer uh, than we want them to yeah. That's a, an, a, one of the disadvantages of being different is that people already uh, approach us with a preconceived idea of who we are our culture okay their culture is like this so he has to be like this mm. you know or cold or standoffish or or supremacy or supremacist I don't know which one you're trying to say like this person is a supremacist supremacist yeah um, and so it takes a while for us to actually break down their yeah their uh, judgment yeah. yeah of us yeah. yeah yeah I remember when I first arrived I was constantly being like well people would like call me either Stephen or Kenny who were two <laughs> previous missionaries who had been <laughs> two, here at some point two white guys that have been here at some point it's literally okay wait it was so funny we went to a, a birthday party <laughs> and this little girl walks up to Simon how long have you, had you been here by that time. Maybe a month. Maybe a month. month. I know for a fact this girl did not know Simon, and she's hugging on on his leg, like just tight, just hanging out with him, like he's her favorite person in the world. And I asked her, I said, "Hey, do you know him?" She said, "Yes, I know him." I said, "What's his name?" And she says the name of another missionary, and I'm just like, "No, that's not him." And this other missionary, she said, said, "Craig, if if you're listening, you know who Craig is, and you've seen Simon, you know they look nothing alike." (laughs) Nothing alike. The only thing they have in common is they're white. That's that's it. Like they look absolutely nothing alike. And there's nothing against either one. It's just you don't look anything alike. It's, yeah. But to her, it's like, oh, this is the white guy that's supposed to be here. Let's hug him. You know. <laughs> so yeah. So it's like for the. I remember like for the first month or so, I was like, because I don't know who these other missionaries are, but people speak to me as if I knew who they were. Your like, uncles. oh, you know, you know, so and so, and I was like. No, I don't. I don't know so and so, and so just for like the first month, just being compared to people that you've never met yeah, in your life. Yeah, that's not fun. Um, it's difficult because you're like, well, I'm, I'm, and so you're you're already more careful about what you do because you know, okay, if I leave, the next person that comes in, they're gonna, they're just they're gonna be compared to me. Simon. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're always cautious about the things that you do, as well. Good thing about being black. Is that most people here haven't met someone black before, so you just get a clean slate. Like the only idea, only thought they have on you are from movies that they've seen. So people halfway expect you to be funny, and like, but Athletic. they don't. Yeah, and like, but they don't really know anything else. Like they don't. Like, they. They hundred percent always expect you to know how to rap. Yeah, but that's what they've seen. <laughs> rap. <laughs> so we had a conversation before about how Simon and Melinda pronounce their like. 
and it's it's not the, it's the right way to say things. It's not there's not a wrong way, but I'll say like for instance, rap music. You hear that? I say rap music. Melinda said rap, <laughs> and Simon said it too. Rap or people, people. <laughs> like, so that's why we're laughing at that. But yeah, I don't know being. Being different, so you learned how to basically take something that would be perceived as a disadvantage and leverage it to become a privilege. Yeah, it's something that would grate on me and get mm-hmm. me down, get me frustrated. Um, you know, just walking around, being just being stared at, and things like that. And <laughs> you're just kind of like, oh, I just want to go back to my house. I just want to want to sit in my room and just just get away from a bit. Actually, using that now yeah. as something. Of, well, people are staring, so let's go say hello. It's so funny to me though. But it's only funny because I've lived here for ten years. You know, I've lived so it's like. So I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the weirdest thing is people just literally just stare at you with no shame. <laughs> One time I was walking with Rudy in Cochabamba, and it's the guy, he works for the electric company. And this dude, like, I'm, I'm, you know, you walk, like, shoulder, you pass somebody on the street. Like, we're walking, and he's staring straight at me in the face like that. And, like, and, you know, I lived there for years at this point. So, you know, I got a slick tongue or whatever. And so, like, I said, uh, he's staring at me. And I look at him, and he keeps staring. And I just held my hand up and showed him my wedding, my wedding ring. I said, I said, I said, sorry, man, I'm already married. He said, what? What? No, 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 no. And we just kept walking. And like he's like, no, what? And his friend was like laughing at him and stuff. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Do you remember um, years ago there was a Canadian missionary who, who oh, yeah, told yeah. you that, yeah. you know, what, what he, was it? He, he, he said, um, it was something we saw him on the corner. They got here about the same time we did. We saw him on the street corner. And, you know, so we said, hey, how's it going? You know, six months in. He said, <laughs> he said <laughs> I said, hey, how's it, how you guys doing or whatever? He was like, man, it's going really well. It's just, it's just tough getting used to, you know, uh, being a minority. He's like, man, it's tough. You feel like you're in a fishbowl and everybody's looking at you. He's like, you know, like, have you, has that been your experience? And I was like, <laughs> his response I was, like, was so funny. I said, <laughs> I, I'm not going to say his name, but I, but I said, man, I've been a minority for 26 years. I was 26 <laughs> years at this point. I was like, so yeah, I do know what you're talking about. He got so red in his face. He said, I, I hadn't even thought about that. I'm so sorry. I was like, no, don't apologize. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> so, no, it's, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's funny. That, like, and it is, it is weird, though, because people do stare at you and whatever. And like in the States, people look at you. When you're, di- but they don't stare at you because yeah, it's, it's st- I mean, we're, oh, we're a hole in your stare, head. Right? Like you can feel it. Like wait, yeah, yeah. It's somebody who's looking at me. I yeah. don't get that at all because I just I wonder why blend in black hair. Yeah, you know. People always ask me, "Are you? Is your wife Bolivian? Where is she from? Like, what?" It's like no. Until I speak Spanish, they're like, "Where are you from?" <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, gringa, gringa. Yeah. No, it's fun being different. It definitely is an advantage, but it feels so. If like if in again for me I've always been a minority and I think that is something that has been a benefit to me in missions is I I come here oh you're the minority oh okay I'm fairly comfortable being a minority because I've all, literally my whole life I grew up in West Virginia mm-hmm. I mean I don't need to say much more about the minority population in West Virginia because there is you know it's not a lot and so you know I've just always been there and so coming here it was, that was an easy thing for me however the staring and stuff you do know it's different right. Mm-hmm. And so then the staring stuff is like, oh, oh, reminding you constantly that you're different. That's essentially what it is. Yeah. And then, but it's, I don't know, I think it's a huge step for you to have come to the place to where you understand that this, again, it feels like a disadvantage, but it's, it's a privilege. Mm. And how can I leverage this to be more effective in what I do? That's very important. And I think it's, you know, it takes you a long way, man. And people, when you do that, people are way more like, 
I don't know. They don't forget you because we're easier. To, we're we're harder to forget. Yeah. Like I met a, a a pastor at a wedding. Not last night. The night before Saturday night. And um, I I I had seen him before because something, and I heard his name a bunch, and I was like, well, I don't know any pastors here yet, so let me go introduce myself. And I walked up and I said, hey, is anyone sitting here? You sitting by himself? He said, no, I'll take a seat. And I asked him, what is his name? And he told me, and I said, uh, are you a pastor? And he says, yeah. And he tells me the church. And he says, oh, you work with LG Day. And I was like, uh, yeah. How did you know that? Jeremiah the prophet? How, like, you know, like, how did you, but, you know, apparently he has seen me or heard, you know, it's, it's, it's that, and that part is very weird to me as far, like, oh yeah, that's how he's seen me before. Cause I'll even say sometimes to Melinda, like, I don't know how they remember me. And I'm like, oh yeah, the six foot tall black guy with the beard walking around, like, it's fairly easy to remember me. It's a lot easier for me to remember, for, easier for them to remember me than it is for me to remember them. Yeah. So, adventures, adventures and missions. Um, See, so yeah, I think we answered that question, though. Yeah, that was a good question. It was a very good question. There is another um, question. I'm trying to find it. Sorry. I was unprepared. Yeah, okay. What What is your biggest need as a missionary church? Uh, I'm sorry. What is your biggest need as a ministry, church, or organization? The biggest need. We would just focus on, I mean, because most of our work is focused on church for now. That's mm-hmm. the step that we're at. And it'll expand into other areas. But what's the biggest need for our church right now? Are we going to have to edit that long pause? <laughs> no, we're not going to edit. We'll keep it in. No, but I don't always want to be talking all the time. I want y'all to talk more. <laughs> well, I know that you are about 98% of your day considering these questions in your head. So, I mean, who better to answer that than Touche. you? Touche, because I do have an answer. Um, but uh, I, no, I think I mean I think we need one one thing we need is we need just a few, we were talking about this yesterday with Simon just a few more solid believers to to help us like you know build our our base yeah a challenge that our churches has and are, is the same challenge a lot of churches have had is we haven't historically um, raised up leaders like strong leaders and it doesn't matter whose fault it is that's just what's happened you know um we haven't historically we haven't raised up strong leaders and so we we've had mediocre leaders and mediocre leaders produce drum roll mediocrity you know and so mediocrity becomes the standard and so when you come in and and we all get together you know us and miguel ruth and rudy and simon and you you know whatever uh, we get together and we decide that excellence is going to be the bar there's friction because, well, this is the way that we've always... I was talking to one of my pastor friends uh, last week, and he said the famous, the, the last, what is it? Fam- the famous last words of every church before it dies is, we've never done it like this before. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's very true, you know? And the reason, and people need, un- don't understand the reason that we, are ma- that we make changes is because this is dying, and you need to accept it's dying. So I think, anyway, one thing we would need is just, like, three more people. Yeah. Three more solid people. To come and, 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 and work and not necessarily missionaries. And I mean, we're open to that. If someone wants to come or do a year long internship and I don't know, help us with worship or something, the challenge is most people come and they don't speak Spanish. Yeah. So it's like that year you're going to spend learning Spanish and then, and then you leave. It's like, mm-hmm. but, but, but I didn't get to help yet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think that's one of our biggest needs as, as a church is we need, um, uh, we need solid people. Mm-hmm. And we could use some new equipment and stuff like that, but really, we need people. With, I mean, that's the priority. I think the big because you can, 
We can have church and be successful and reach people for the glory of God without any equipment, but we can't do it without people, you know, without mm-hmm. solid people. And so I think that would be the priority and stuff, even though like new microphones and stuff would be great, but it doesn't change <laughs> the fact that we need more solid leaders. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could all go on without the tech stuff. Yeah. yeah. We had, you guys had 30 kids in children's church yesterday? 28? Yeah. 28, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the, yeah we, we're at the same for the the children's church as well, having a couple more solid leaders that we could call on because uh, mm-hmm. we're at our limit twenty eight twenty eight to thirty kids mm-hmm. is is about what we can we can handle because the leaders that I've got at the moment they're also the people that I want to be in church if that yeah. makes sense no it so definitely makes like sense every time I'm calling them out I'm like uh, to well I put them out I put them on the rotor to be in with children's church I'm like Oh, but I would also really like them to be in church listening to that message so that they can grow as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's trying to find that balance of, yeah. you know, I think, and I think we've, we've, we've come to a balance of, yeah. you know, no, they, definitely. They half a month in with children's half a month out of children's church. Um, but yeah, having a couple more volunteers that we can call on and I wouldn't feel so guilty or so bad if they had to do three weeks in a row, for yeah. example, if just something happened where another leader couldn't make it um, for whatever reason. Yeah. And I had to say, oh, I've got to call this person out again. It's going to be their third week in a row. I wouldn't feel that bad because I know that they're doing things throughout the week or I know that, you know, they're a little bit more sound um, yeah. in, in, in what they believe. Yeah. That would be a big help. For sure. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, as a church, we could use um, maybe some more uh, vocalists on the worship team. Drummer. Like, we could use a drummer i feel a lot of pressure like i cannot get sick if mm-hmm. i get sick this is i just can't get sick like ramon would have to sing and preach <laughs> that would be this is a circus that would be his worst nightmare <laughs> yeah like it's just a circus. and play the cajon <laughs> yeah like it's, yeah literally just the circus like uh so um that's that's something in the area that i serve and i could i would really love to see um and not just anyone you know someone that is gifted in worship leadership and and singing you know because because i mean a, a lot of people would love to join the worship team but like there's no place here for you <laughs> right now yeah so. yeah it's not just we're not about just putting people up front and just looking good you know right and people that i don't know people that want to grow in their faith and stuff is very important oh even more so than talent but talent is also important so mm-hmm. yeah i think as far as red roots goes we i mean m- monthly supporters it was always great we could mm-hmm. always use because there's so much stuff we want to do, like in the future. So month, monthly supporters is that's all. That's I don't want to say it's always a need, but now it's a need. It's it yeah, it's a pretty big need as far as Red Roots goes. Is monthly supporters and cause it just gives us a chance to expand. You know, the more the more financial support that we have, the more we're able to accomplish and mm-hmm. doing the community and doing the church and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah. Is the best way to help Red Roots through giving? That's the second part of that question. <laughs> As right now, yes. Mm-hmm. Or if there's somebody that's interested in coming down, that, w- that would be a big help too. Mm-hmm. Or even if there's a team that wants to come down and do projects. Like, man, we need, there's so much, like, there's painting stuff you can do in the, in the hospital. There's p- stuff you can do in Red Roots' office. There's, like, we need our street. We have these huge potholes. We need it filled up with, excuse me, we need it filled up with dirt. And so there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of, when our, our community garden, like, a, mm-hmm. a, a week of a team of, like, five yeah. to 15 people could, like, c- could kill some projects. Mm. So, I don't know, that, that could be a big help, too, if somebody wanted to bring a team down or something, that, that's a big help. But if, if not, or if, if someone's not interested in coming long-term or bringing a team down, 
then like definitely my monthly support would be great or any type of support. It can be a one-time gift, but monthly support is what carries us through the year, obviously. It mm-hmm. helps us meet budgets and such. So, yeah, I think that answers that question, no? Yeah. So we good? We good. Yeah, it would be really, really cool to have some of our supporting churches, you know, come down and be able to see the work yeah. that they're supporting, you know, and, and yeah. the work that they're that we're able to do through their partnership. Um, yeah. I think that's that's something we haven't really had. Yeah. It's hard, though, because, like, I mean, I get it, you know. Like, I, people are just busy, and they have other stuff going on and bivocational, but it would be really cool, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we can try to do some stuff, like, next year, start now for next in the next year, like, sep- August, September, before school starts. I don't know. I don't know. We can figure something out mm-hmm. and get... If not, then 2021. It's always the next year, right? Like, <laughs> shooting for 2021. But, yeah, eventually we do want to do more teams and stuff like that, people to come down and, and, and help out, but more than anything, see, you know. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a great – it's always a great thing for, for everybody. For us, it's refreshing and it's helpful. And, and we get the extra hands and whatever, but also for the people, I think it opens perspective. And, I don't know, it just makes you think about someone else other than – you know, the area you're at or the, the space that you live in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's good. Mm. Big weeks coming up? Solid no. Yeah. <laughs> same old, same old. Well, actually, we start our school's ministry work this week because we yeah. weren't able to start last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went to the school for, for the first school ministry or whatever, which is a big thing. Was it Friday? Friday, yeah. Friday we showed up and the principal was like, I'm so sorry. Today is day of the student. So there's so many activities that you're not going to be able to do it today. I'm so sorry. But it's good. That works in our favor because she felt so bad. And we don't want to feel bad, but she felt so bad that, like, it opened. It gives us more space. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I don't know if you heard her, but she said, you know what? You guys can just come any day you want. Just show up. And she was like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, and so it's great. And Which is I, a bit concerning yeah. about what they're teaching the kids. It is. But again, <laughs> if, using if their, it. If their timetable is so flexible that we could rock up at any moment. Using the disadvantage <laughs> to the to, as a privilege. <laughs> See, that's what we have to do. And so, no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, this, this school is not, not the most educational. <laughs> but, yeah, so this week we start that. It's exciting. I'm not yeah. going. You're going tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. Yeah. yeah. And have we got, I think we've got another school. End of the week? Yeah, I think Thursday or Friday. Yeah. So you got two schools this week. There's three total, four, possibly. Yeah. There's three, definitely three, possibly four. Mm. So that's exciting. Yeah, we are starting that this week. This week, um, I've got a vocal class with the the church, and then I have another vocal class with uh, one of the individuals from the church. I'm going to be more than likely cutting off one of the the kids that's coming to... (laughs) to uh, learn graphic design, just working on some um, commitment issues, you know, follow through. You say you're going to be here at this time, come. Don't just not show up. So, um, so, but still working with one of them still t- uh, twice a week, maybe since there's space um, now in my schedule for him to do three times a week, maybe uh, we'll, I'll offer that, see if he's interested in that. Um, and yeah. besides that, just carrying over some design projects for the Justice Series that we're starting not this Sunday, the following yeah. Sunday. Yeah. And uh, some church material that we mentioned that we'd like to have on hand uh, to pass out so, to yeah. the community or people we meet. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be doing that. I'll be in the office this week. More planning, vision stuff, all the fun stuff. And then um, 
start trying to work on some writing some more material um, for marriage marital counseling and stuff in the future. We were talking about this morning. Um, yeah, that and just continuing on the justice series and getting that done and knocked out and just doing all that type of catch up work. I need to send out receipts for donations. That's uh, always fun. Um, just little stuff like that is what I'll be doing this week. And that I plan on actually getting out in the community and talking to some people this week too. Just meeting up, just chatting with people and stuff like that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me though. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoy the Red Roots podcast. I can't say it like you. Um, but we hope you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy these podcasts. We do it. We, we do enjoy it. If no one else listens, I think we'd still do it because yeah. we enjoy it. And it also gives us a chance to really have these conversations that it forces. I mean, we talk all the time anyway, but it forces us to be in here for 45 minutes to an hour and have these conversations. Good. And we just want you guys to be a part and know kind of what's going on and how we think and how we view things. And so hope you're enjoying it. We thank you all for your love and support and uh, keep praying for us, please. We got some rough. Hopefully it'll be peaceful and stuff, but it looks like we're going to have a few rough months coming up as far as uh, uh, the political state of our country and and whatnot. So keep us in prayer. Keep keep our church in in prayer and whatever. And so, uh, yeah, until next week. Right? Well, I'll be here next week. Yes. So until next week, have a great week and God bless you. Bye-bye. Provecho.